Welcome to the run home with Joel and Fletch, the Melbourne Cup edition, Brian. And don't forget, a lot of our chats you can find on YouTube as well, so subscribe to that. But in this podcast, we're going to catch up with Luke Murrell, who's won the Melbourne Cup twice. He has gold trip in this particular race, and the insight he gives for the Melbourne Cup is awesome. Glenn Boss, we catch up with him. The Sugar Files, we announce those as well. You, if you love the Melbourne Cup. Gareth Hall, who gave us all the numbers coming out of the call of the card on Monday afternoon. If you love the Melbourne Cup, put simply, you're going to absolutely love this. Well, there you go. Shawnee has set the scene, Brian, but I'm very, very excited to speak with this man here. Um, Well, if you don't know who Luke Murrell is, all the racing enthusiasts certainly do. Uh, This particular horse, he had the eyes for this horse himself, Brian, Mm -hmm. to bring this horse to Australia, and here's what happened. Smoke and Romans. Here's Dover Legend presenting, and Gold Trip down the outside. Emissary is behind those. Gold Trip moves up, takes the lead from Dover Legend. 250 metres to go. Emissary running on. Gold Trip, 150 metres to go, wondering about getting tired. Emissary is trying very, very hard, but Gold Trip is brave. 100 to go. A length and a half. Emissary. Gold Trip is going to win the Lexus Melbourne Cup. Gold Trip wins it in a real. Yeah, Brian, so in rugby league, we have the likes of Frank Panisi, we have the likes of Paul Bunn, we have the likes of Peter O'Sullivan, who had that eye for talent. Well, this bloke here, Lukey Murrell, who is the man behind Gold Trip, he's won two Melbourne Cups, amongst many, many other things on the race course, and he's on the line. How are you, Luke? Oh, I'm really good, thanks, Joel. Thank you very much. How do you feel when you hear that sort of audio? I like the commentary afterwards, to be honest. All I wanted to do as a young fellow was talent scout for rugby league so oh, there you um, go. <laughs> it was uh very interesting but um look it's sort of I, I can't take too much credit for gold trip he was a he was a um little bit of an exposed horse and he was always going to come here and be one of those sort of dominant top four or five horses down here so um yeah look it's it's a um it's a feeling i wish everybody could could experience once and it's probably the same for you guys when you win grand finals or whatnot but um look it's sort of something where we've got three live chances tuesday and hopefully we can do it again yeah so speaking about uh, uh experiencing one so luke rings me up and he knows that i love the melbourne cup and he rings me up early 2014 and he says mate i know you love the melbourne cup and i think you'll probably remember this conversation luke and he says um i've found you the melbourne cup winner i've been over to germany I think Baden Baden track or one of those things over there. He said, I found the Melbourne Cup winner and it was going to be something like, I forget the exact amount of dollars for five or 10%, but I asked the question to Kobe mm-hmm. and I said, darling, what do you think about this? She said, no, no, we're not doing it. We're about to put in a kitchen. And then Kobe and I are live at Flemington watching our kitchen race in front of us <laughs> by three lengths protectionist. Oh, Luke. Um, mate, tell us about that story then. That was your first Melbourne Cup. And that's really what put yourself and Jamie with Australian Bloodstock on the map, how did you find protectionist? Germany's a funny place. It's sort of considered by the aristocrats over there to be a bit second tier sort of racing. Um, it's certainly not. They've got as good a horses in the world as anyone. But um, yeah, just a progressive horse that all our um, research, I suppose, is done on some type of statistical basis and there's some type of basis why we like them. And um, he was just running the hands off the clock early days as a young horse and 
we'd already had a relationship there with Andreas Waller and um, oh, look, to be honest, we we tried for a good twelve months before we actually bought him to to buy him, and um, it's the one race I've never been so confident in, in my whole life that Melbourne Cup day that day. I can take him a dollar twenty to Tari and still find reasons why they're going to get beat, and I just couldn't never have that horse getting beat that day, and. Thankfully, he won like that. So, yeah, it was a good feeling. Brian, Luke got me to do that. And he's a very humble man, as you've probably heard through the wireless by now. But And I was a bit shocked by it, but he got me to do a phantom call for his uh, ownership group. And he said, protectious win by three. And I said, by three legs. And he said, mate, it's just going to trot in this thing. And sure enough, bursting away, the German runner. Hey, look, how did you get into this industry? How did you get in the racing industry? Was it family um, or was it just an interest? That you had. Yeah, just probably know. probably like a, all the young blokes, I spent more of year 11 and 12 in the tab than I did at school. <laughs> and Yeah, so um, after spending so much time in the tab, sort of like a lot of young blokes, all you're involved is like a punt or a sport. And um, I, I got involved with a horse, with a trainer at Newcastle and um, basically I got ripped off. And <laughs> I thought, wow, you know, I, I, by that stage I'd, I'd had a little bit of experience with um, what you sort of needed to do, and I just started buying tried horses um, very cheaply on the on the side, win a race and turn them over, and you know might have them for one or two runs and then sell them and try and make a profit, and that's how it sort of went from there. We had a little bit of luck early days with picking the right horses for no money. Um, still remember a horse like Cardinal Virtue and Master of Design. We sort of paid nothing off Godolphin and. We're able to win some really big races, and it sort of parlayed into that. Tell us about these three runners, Luke. Uh, you've got Ash Run, you've got Gold Trip, and the other one is La Stotchka. Oh, La Stotchka. Yeah. yeah. So, look, obviously Gold Trip's. Um, I think he's. I saw Sports Better had him second favourite. I'm probably not as confident this year as I was last year in saying that the horse is going probably three or four lengths better. Oh. And the reason I say I'm probably not quite as confident, you just look at that weight and he's got to carry a, a 50-year record to to win the race with that type of weight, which is always a bit daunting. Um, and the other thing I, I've always been a believer in is the Bart Cummings theory. You need the 10,000 metres in your legs to be able to win the race. And this year he's got only 8,000. So he's sort of going to be probably underdone fitness-wise to a degree or what history says you need to be at. And um, he's got that little bit of extra weight to carry. And against that, it's probably one of the weaker Melbourne Cups I've seen for a while. And um, it's certainly winnable. So I think Gold Trip will run top four. Can he win? I think something will nut him. I really do. But mm. um, he, he's he's as, it's, it's a good year to try to, try to win back-to-back, given the, probably the strength. Um, Ashram was a horse that... You might remember a couple of years ago, he, he won on Derby Day and to get himself into the Melbourne Cup. And um, it was one of the the best beaten cup runs I've ever seen in my life, actually. Yeah. If you ever get a chance to watch it, it was fantastic. Um, he had the quick backup, the wide draw, and I think he ran home in 33-something, and he ran six or something, you know. And um, So he had a lot of talent, that horse, but unfortunately he got a lot of injuries and it, this is this will be his fourth run in three years, you know. So um, just to get him into the race is sort of more of an achievement than anything. But I think he'll run top ten, and you know, um, I think he'd be a decent price f- for anyone that wants to back him to run top ten. But um, he's 
he's that classy horse down in the weights that, uh, again, doesn't have the miles in the legs and probably doesn't have the fitness base to say he's a challenging chance. But he'll run in that fifth to eighth sort of region, I would have thought. And the one that sort of nobody knows much about is a mare we bought out of France this year. Um, she won a Group 3 her last start over there, over 3,100 metres. And if it was wet, I would have said, would have tipped you very strongly that she'd run top three. But... um. She's good on the dry, but just not quite as effective as what she is on the wet. And um, she's going particularly well at home, though. They're with Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr., and um, they're very, very bullish that she's going to run a huge race there Tuesday. What, hey, Luke, what about this favourite? Am I saying it right? Vaban? Vaban, yeah. Vaban. Yep. That's quite short. Are, are we um, dismissing this? Well... All, for the last sort of month, I've just been saying he's the one, he's the one, and I've really pulled him apart the last couple of days, and he's got one run on a firm track, which we're probably going to be Tuesday, and he wouldn't win at Geelong off that, even though it was visually very impressive, he beat some of the slowest goats you've ever seen, so <laughs> you, you can't really use that as a reference. He His next run, he come out and won super impressively, but that was on a heavy, uh, basically a heavy track you know very slow to heavy so we're going to get a firm track he's really only got that one run next to his name that says he's a horse and gee i'm looking at him now and thinking that's a very short price for a horse that's only got one reference point you know and he's now got to do that all the way across the world and and come and do it first up but i've got to say that guy that trains him he's one of the biggest freaks in racing you'll ever see he's sort of um, the Bart Cummings over there of the jumps world, and I think his career strike rate something like 30% strike rate. So he's in the right camp. He'll be fit. But um, I would have thought if it was wet, his lay down was there. But just being firm, he, he might take some short ones, you know, at the 400 and get run over. Righto, Lukey. And I hope the listeners are appreciating this as much as we are because uh, Luke's not a bloke who you often see out in the media and sometimes reluctant. So we appreciate you doing it. But... He is, to my eye, one of the best judges in ever when it comes to racehorse, and I've seen it all firsthand. Luke, how do you see, if you wanted to throw, and the board's lit up, they want a few tips, but who are some of those that you see peppering that finish line? Yeah, well, look, obviously you've got Gold Trip and Vorban taking up such a big percentage of the market, and then you've got Without a Fight, who's a different horse this year compared to what he was last year. But... um. Really, it's really got a bit of a smell this year that it, it might be a roughies race, and um, I think you've got to include horses like Cleveland from Chris Lee's stable. Um, Joseph O'Brien's got a horse there called Akita Sushi. Um, he's got some pretty high rating numbers. I'll give you an idea, it's only a length below what Vorban did when he won uh, at his highest rating, but he did it on a firm track. So mm. he's running the Caulfield Cup was only okay, but. I suspect that was a stretch your legs type run. Um, so, and you know, both of those are at 50 to 1. I, I wouldn't be um, scared about putting them in each way and getting a bit of value. But I, I do think it'll be a fantastic race to take a first four or something again. Where's Vow Declare at these days, Lukey? He's in a wheelchair. No good. He's, um, nah, he's doing his best, but um, he, he won't have the miles in his legs. He goes forward... You've got Vorban here, and he's got his stable mate, um, Absurd. He won the Ebor over there, and 
it was a rubbish e-ball this year. They ran no time. The three-year-olds went much better. So I think this absurd will come here and be the pacemaker for, for Ben. Um, and a horse like Vow and Declare likes to go forward. I think they'll just have too many wheels for him, and he'll probably be at his top too early. So Vow and Declare, yeah, he's a bit like most of us. His yeah. better days are behind him. Australian bloodstock is the way to have a look. If you're looking at a, at a horse, uh, the boys do a really, really good job there, the team with Australian bloodstock. Uh, what have the team got looking forward to on the weekend, Lukey? Anything you like or any other runners, for that matter, that you're in opposition to that you're concerned about? Yeah, from a Melbourne Cup point of view, look, I thought, um, like I said, I, I can feel it's, it's going to – we might get a rough result this year and um, best way to play that is through the first fours. They, they pay some amazing pools. But um, – other runners for the day, probably we've got a horse um, in the little dance up in Sydney called Spangler. He's a big grey horse. Um, he's been set for this, and I think he'll run top three and shouldn't miss. And we've got a nice horse um, Saturday, Derby Day, called Dream Hour. Um, he won really impressive first up for Chris the other day at Ramwick, and I think he can go go really close again on Saturday. Uh, so much to look forward to in it, uh, Bearshead. Mm, cannot wait. When do, when do they? When's the final field? Set. Saturday after, night. After Saturday's race. Saturday's race. Yeah. Yes, Saturday night. And um, there's a there's a race there Saturday. Um, the winner of that can go straight into the into the race. So yeah. we won't know the field until midday Saturday. But um, what about you boys? What do you like this far out? Um, Gold oh. trip. <laughs> I, I'm not settled yet. Uh, I'm, I'm really not. Cleveland was interesting you say that. Lloyd Williams. You might be chasing his record one day, Luke, the way you're going. You've got two already. Um, you, you just you just can't write him off, I don't think, Brian. Well, we were on more felons. So what do you think of that, Luke? Because we're back more felons. Was that after Geelong Cup? Yeah. Yeah, Geelong Cup. His run at Geelong was fantastic. I just think that race might be a bit smelly. Um, oh. The big bunch finish. But if you're going to take one out of it, that's definitely the horse. Um, his runs, he, he's been in work forever, that horse. So it's one thing that, is a positive going into a Melbourne Cup. You need fitness and you need plenty of miles. And he's not going to be the fittest horse, but I think he's the second fittest in terms of numbers. And um, he's he's not without some hope. He he's ran some good races without sort of winning over there. And um, yeah, he's he's a good hope as a as a roughie. But Luke, your thing's always as you've already mentioned in this chat. It's such a big race with such a big field. The first four. So what yeah. happened was Brian. I I bumped into Luke um, last year at the call of the card. And I said, how are we looking, mate? He said, oh, yeah, we're winning chance, absolutely, top five all day. But you were concerned like this year about the weight, uh, which was understandable. Yep. And he said, look, you could back my horse and it's going to give you a mighty shout, or you could do a first four. I said, well, here's the book. Give me the numbers. And you wrote down about seven horses. And so for whatever my spend was going to be, I was going to have X percent. But I was on this cruise, you know, the little, not the best bets magazine, the little um, race club books that they have. Mm. And the font's so small. So I'm about to leave the boat um, after having seen Luke that previous day and on cup day, and I go to grab the book, not even thinking about his seven picks, but then I realise that I've left my glasses at home, so I can't read anything this whole trip, so I can't read this small font, so I leave the book there. And it's not until I get to Flemington that I go, oh, I've got to put this first four on. Oh, I've left the book on the boat. So I, I remembered sort of five or six of the ones he'd said, and I've just missed the first four. And my share was going to get me forty thousand. Later oh. that later that night, oh. I go back onto the boat. I don't think I've told you this, Luke. I go back onto the boat and I open the book, 
and I threw it at my mate. And I said, can you read me out the numbers and tell me this didn't get the first four? And you nailed the first four. You nailed the first four. Uh, it's like Christmas time, that Melbourne Cup first four. It's one race I just look forward to because <laughs> you just know you can get a damn good collect for um, not much money. So, yeah. Hey, so, Luke, so, Luke, when you do your first four in the Melbourne Cup, how many horses are you putting in? Uh, normally, I'd sort of have three or four for first and then five or six for second and, you know, filter eight for third and okay. go wide for fourth type thing. It's one of those type of things rather than a box situation. But, um, yeah, there's a number of ways you can do it. But it doesn't cost you a lot of money. And as Joel just said, some of those dividends, uh, you, I've heard stories where people have won two and 300000 and changed their life, you know. Yeah, and, um, yeah look, it's sort of... If, if it's just a casual interest, that's definitely the way to play it. Right. Well, Luke, uh, 200 or 300,000 is not going to change Joel's life. So. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> well, I can still see that kitchen three lengths ahead at Flemington. <laughs> hey, uh, Luke, just, just before you go, mate, um, and this is very unfair what I'm asking of you, but the listeners are saying, come on, hit him with it. So I have to do so. Um, just off the top of your head, and I know that it'll be different to what you officially land on come Cup Day, but on the top of your head, if you had to throw a first four at us, uh, we've all got. There's a record amount of pens in hand. Um, just, just off the top of your head, without giving it great thought, and sometimes this may be better. What's your unofficial first four in the Melbourne Cup? Right. Um... <laughs> it's a bit yeah, hard when he we don't know the final field. I but... know that. That's what I'm saying. It's very unfair. We may, we may get the official one off him, maybe closer to the cup. But just, just, just for shits and giggles, Brian. Yeah, okay. I like shits. I like giggles. Right. <laughs> I would I would say you've got to put the two class horses in, which is without a fight and gold trip. Yep. Um, you want to include Lestochka, Cleveland, Akita Sushi, and Serpentine of Gays. Ooh, Serpentine. Okay. He he's he's the horse that I think's probably been set for the race. Him and Breakup have got that smell about them that there's been one race they've wanted to win, and it's this. So. That break up, he's, he's an interesting horse. He's, he's never really done anything in a fast race in Japan, um, but he's always there and thereabouts. He's running the Caulfield Cup, I thought, was a bit stinky at every possible and was a bit plain, but he's a better horse out at this trip. But I think if you play around with those ones um, and you get one or two of these roughies to fill some of the minor, you'll, um, you'll certainly get a nice collect. You get all that, Brian? Yeah. Uh, Luke, did you throw the favourite in? No, you didn't. Yeah, you I, class I, runners. Yeah, you did. I, I, I think I think you got to put him in. Um, just like I said, it's, pro- it's probably one of those races where there's not heaps of chances this year, um, and maybe the class will rise to the top with Gold Trip and without a fight. And like I said, Vorbens he's only got one run though, so you're very brave to take seven to two or mm. whatever he is at the moment about a horse with one run and now to do that same run. He needs to do that around the other side of the world. So well, that's why I just think there, there might be a bit of left field things happening here, especially with minors. Um, we're going to get a firm track. So horses like Valiant King have sort of got none. He's a, he's a very good horse on the wet and he's a bit of a dingo on the on the dry. And um, a horse like Moore Felons is going to be super to include if it runs third or fourth because nobody knows him, you know. Yeah. And um, those horses always get missed and they add terrific value. And he will run the trip, that horse. He's... He's got an amazing 29,900 metres in his legs this prep. And to give you an idea, Gold Trip's got 8,000. Oh. Uh, is that too much, Lou? Yeah. It, can they? Can you have too many metres uh, in your legs? You, you can, but 
if you remember those horses like Red Cadeau and um, some of those old great horses that have come here, they come here with similar type things, Red Cadeau and Prince of Iran and horses like that. They had similar and um, they just run through brick walls. They keep coming for you, you know, and I think that's why you've sort of got to, you've got to have something like that going for you, especially in those exotics. Okay. I'm running through a brick wall now. I'm, I'm that pumped. I'm so pumped. Hey, Luke, we, we really uh, pushed the yeah. pass, squeezed the lemon, um, just squeeze as much out of that wet towel as we could because we just loved having you on. The listeners have loved having you on, Luke. We appreciate it. Thanks for being on the run home with Joel and Fletch and good luck for cup number three. Thank you very much and good luck to you guys and I hope you get a big, big check. The greatest stay on the planet is one sleep away, Brian. And I go back to 2003, the sliding doors of punting. Okay, so we're at Ramwick Racecourse. Myself and half the London Broncos team have come out. I've been waxing lyrically about how good the Melbourne Cup is. And I've done all my work. I always do way too much work. I'm very unproductive for everything else in my life at the time. And I land on the horse. I'm going to back this horse called Maccabi Diva. So I go to Warren Woodcock, who's at the stand there at Ramwick. And I've told all the London Broncos... This is the horse we need to be on. And I was tossing up between that and another runner. I go to the stand and it's paying $9.50 for one of my biggest bets I've ever done. I'm so confident. How much you put on? And just as I do that. How much? I can't tell. And just <laughs> as I do that, so I put the bet on and I walk away in the corner of my eye, it goes from $9.50 to $10 on the drift. And the other one that I liked goes from $10 into $9.50. So I go back to Warren. I said, mate, do you mind if I change my bet? Oh. He said, no problem. So I changed to this horse called Pentastic, right? There's 200 metres to go. I've, I've got it each way. Pentastic's going to run a drum. And then all the boys, I never get to see the end of the race, all the boys climb above me because Maccabi Divas won the <laughs> Melbourne Cup, right? And I look up. I know I'm going to get third. And then this horse, Jardine's lookout, jumps from the clouds, blouses me. And to this day, I've never told the boys I wasn't on Maccabi Diva. But the worst part about that, Brian... <laughs> I could never then go on Maccabi Diva ever again, where I would have stayed with it the whole time. And the guy who was literally on Maccabi Diva that particular day and, and onwards to 2004 and 2005, the great champion jockey, Glenn Boss, who joins the run home with Joel and Fletch. G'day, Bossy. Oh, my God, lads. Talk about sliding doors moment. I read, I wrote Fantastic the year before when he ran behind our media puzzle. So there you go. I was so sad. But I had to pretend to be happy for everyone that afternoon. Take us back to 2003. And you didn't always have the ride. I think guys like Stephen Arnold and so forth were riding the horse. How did you get that first ride on Maccabi Diva prior to the Cup, Glen Boss? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, well, she'd been ridden by uh, Luke Curry um, previously, who won the Queen Elizabeth one of the year before, in the, in the year before. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I did a lot of riding for um, David Hall. Um, I'd won a derby for him and did a lot of riding for him. She only had 51 kilos in that cup that year. So, you know, there weren't a lot of guys at that level that could ride those weights. So, um, you know, um, yeah, so they, I, I had an association with Tony Sandick and then uh, all of a sudden that's where the partnership started. Tony Sandick, who you mentioned, he's a tuna farmer from South Australia and the name Maccabi Diva, which I thought's brilliant, he took the two letters of the five ladies who worked for him, the first two letters of Maureen, Kylie, Belinda, yep. Diane, and Vanessa. And that's how Maccabi Diva, oh. the name came. Did, did they have a share in the, in the horse as well? Oh, I don't know. Did they, Bossy? 
No, they didn't. They just uh, shared, <laughs> they just shared their name. <laughs> so, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, That's fair enough. It was, uh, yeah, but it's you know they're part of the history and part of the story as well. It's incredible. Hey, Bossy, how you going? So you're out of re- in retirement now. Some rugby league players, when they retire, they sort of miss the, you know, miss the big games or the Origin games and 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 that final series. What about for you, mate? A day like tomorrow is it something that you wish you could get out there and ride? Oh, you wish you could do it forever. Um, but unfortunately, <laughs> father time catches up with you and you can't do it. But um, no, I mean, you know, I've got the second best seat in the house tomorrow. I'll be, in, I'll be able to go in and out see the boys and see how they're going, but I'll be watching, uh, commentating on Channel 10 and, you know, hopefully relaying all the action and telling stories. And um, Yeah, but yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's only not that long ago since I retired and I'm, I'm still fit as a fiddle that could probably ride. Um, but, yeah, there's a part of me definitely, guys, that I wish I was out there still competing, but it's um, just not possible now. I'll tell you um, uh, one other quick story. First day at the West Tigers, Brian, this is 1999 now. Uh, might have been 98, actually, ahead of the 99 season. And I've told all the boys, we're on this horse, Champagne, and it's going to win the Melbourne <laughs> Cup, and it takes the lead, and it's going to win it. It over, overtakes uh, Chrissy Munson, Jezebel, and then Jezebel comes. Remember that one, Bossy? Oh, tell me about it. Oh. Yeah, that one hurt. Um, yeah, she actually, unfortunately, she started short and stride with me with about sort of 50 or 60 to go. And Jezebel just kept coming one pace. And unfortunately, she went wrong with me, um, Champagne, and um, had to be retired after that race. But, oh, my God, that one hurt, boys. I tell you, that, I, that took me months to get over that one. Let's get back to Maccabi Diva, happier times. What was your two questions in one? What was your best ride of the three cup wins? And which one was you were you most confident about? Ah, number three. Simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the third the third one. Like I, I had to go out there and kind of be pretty well inch perfect with her that day because I mean she was flying. She came off the back of winning the Cox plate and smashing them and um and she was airborne at the time, but I just you know, with fifty eight and a half, you just I had to be pretty precise what I had to do with her and my my real I had I kind of broke the race end in the third my my first job was to get to the winning post first time in a good spot um, and I found myself on the fence by the time I got there that was pretty cool um, then the next part of the race you'd feel the race and feel the tempo and just really have your horse relaxed as possible and, and yourself you have your heart rate as low as possible and just cruise along and then then the race starts again at the thousand metre mark, and then then my job is then not to disappoint the animal, just make sure the athlete underneath me gives. I give her every opportunity to do what she does really well, and um, yeah, God, she never let me down that day. Um, she was with me every step of the way, and and just was just waiting for me to just ask the question. When I did, it was it was just precise, and you know. God, she was good that day. It was it was her softest win of her whole career. To be honest, mm. very honest. Um, but just, you know, you just look back in that time there and just think, wow, it all just went perfect for me that day. And, but you needed a partner in crime to be just as perfect, you know, and, and that's what the mayor was. She was just a supreme athlete and um, she knew her job as much as I knew my job. And it was just when you marry those two things up together, that's what you get is a, an amazing victory. Two supreme athletes at their absolute top of their game Combined for this, where the whole country gets to witness exactly this. 
Back behind those horses now as they come down the straight was Vinnie Rowe and back behind them here's McKay Diva and Nation roars for a hero. She's starting to wind up. 300 left to go now. McKay Diva's racing up. Envoy's trying to go with her. They've got to Portland Singer and Lachlan River. Here comes like a Falcon and excellent. But McKay Diva clear with 100 metres to go. Excellent runs to second. Orajun runs on. But a champion becomes a legend. McKay Diva has won it. From either Orajun, excellent. Champion horse, champion jockey, champion trainers involved in Maccabi Diva, but of course a champion call by one of my favourites, Greg Miles, who who made that moment for you, Glenn Boss, down the track so special, didn't he? Oh, Gregory Miles, what can I say? Take my hat off to the man. He, you know, I've spoken to Greg and he just thinks it's one of his finest moments, you know, and yeah, from... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. When you look back at it, she's got so many great things happened at that moment. You know, she was great, and I, I was seeing it so well at the time. I had so much confidence in what she could do and what I could do. And, you know, Lee had her absolutely primed. You know, amazing training performance from Lee and, he, and he, all of his staff. And then you cap it off, and you had that incredible call from Greg. Um, this makes your hair stand up on your, in the back of your neck, the way that it, it all, all the things just lined up. It was just pure, perfect. That's all I can. I don't know how sometimes to describe it, but it was just pure. Hey, boss, I've got to interrupt here because Sugar will speak to you all <laughs> afternoon. So and I want to get your thoughts on tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you Let's this. Talk actually. about roles and stuff. I want to no, ask they, they read, read the top text oh, yeah, yeah. to so, Bossy. So, okay, one of the. One of the listeners has called in and said, is Joel's clothes on or what? Toey on the cup. His nipples must be hard. So oh, I've got to right. interrupt. Glenn, uh, what's your thoughts on tomorrow? Actually, before we get into that, I want to ask you about Mark Zara jumping off Gold Trip. What did you make of that? No, it was the right decision, I believe. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had a bit to do with that. I think, we, we, I think we've got it right. Um, you know, tomorrow I'm like pretty different, but... He was unbelievable in that Caulfield Cup. Second up, running through the line, gets to 56 and a half. Only got one kilo for winning. Mm. Um, he loves a firm deck. So he's probably going to get that tomorrow. Gold trip, he's gone up in weight, obviously, but this race is length better than last year. Um, so, yeah, they all claim that he's better than last year, but he has to be a lot better than last year to win this year. So I'm pretty sure that Mark's gone the right way, but uh, they've all got to try and beat this horse from Europe. Um, Willie Mullins is horse by band, and um, I just spent the last sort of three quarters now going through the race with Zach on absurd, mate. Boys, the money that's come for this horse is absurd. He's unbelievable. Yeah. He's twenty five into like ten. So, wow. Um, a lot of smart people must think he's going to win. Um, and talking to Zach, and went through the race and we had a good game plan. And I think if he can execute it, he probably might have gotten victory. That's uh, so he won the Ebor, Brian. And if you transport that time yep. to 3200, and the weight absurd carried that day, and it was challenged down the straight, it, it's right in this with about 53 yep. kilos, isn't it, Bossy? Yeah, he, he, he was he ran, got beaten seven lengths behind the van, but like was given no hope in that race. He was out the back pulling and was pretty bloody good, actually. And then given a really good ride in the Ebor by Frankie, he comes out and smashes them. I mean, not smashed them, but yes, it was proper race. Uh, with 60 kilos and then dropped to 53. He's a really good stable bike. And Willie Mullins is an absolute genius, I promise you. Absolute genius. Final question, Bossy. We'll let you go because we know you're so busy and we, we are pumped to have you here on the run home with Joel and Fletch. Uh, best of the roughies, if you had to throw something in your trifectas. Oh, he's probably not as roughy, but Solcom, if he, if he jumps, 
you know, you're going to get heart in your mouth. If he jumps, he can win. He's got the class. He's got the right bloke on Yep, something's reversing yeah. there. Uh, that's the smoke alarm. Get off the, get off the darts, bossy. <laughs> hey, Glenn Boss, thanks for being a part of the run home with Joel and Fletch. We are so blessed to have you and very appreciative of that. No, any time for you guys. I really appreciate it. Have a great Tuesday. Can't thanks, wait mate. for that. You can catch Channel 10's coverage live from 10 a.m. Daylight savings time tomorrow. Glenn Boss will be joined by Michelle Payne on the coverage after the break. I need to cool down a bit here, yeah. boys. I'm a bit too fired up. <laughs> yes. I'm a little bit cantankerous behind the barriers here, Brian. Well, while you're on this, yeah. when can we get the Sugar Falls? Sugar Falls are coming up at what time, Captain? Mate, he's on a roll. Can we do Last it after? hour. No, no, let's, oh, let's can we, keep can, teasing, can he do, teasing. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can he do half now? Oh, or maybe one of the file. Can you do one of the of the uh, of the Trevor Folds? Okay, now slide him in. I can I can tell you, Brian. No, 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 no. After the break, we'll okay, go to break. okay, tease, tease. Uh, after the break, I'll reveal one of the Sugar Fall horses, which you are very, very keen on. It's yeah. the run home with Joel and Fletch, and we're running into Tuesday. Let me tell you, listener, one more sleep for the rest of the world of the Melbourne Cup. None for me. I can't sleep Melbourne Cup Eve. Please, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The run home with Joel and Fletch. <laughs> the Sugar Falls to soon be released, but without. Uh, Putting any bias towards this man, Brian, mm. Gareth Hall, who is a tremendous broadcaster. He is there for SEN Track. He's across the call of the card and he's joining the run home with Joel and Fletch ahead of the Melbourne Cup. Gareth, how are you, G? G'day, boys. Great to be on the show. Um, yeah, it's an exciting time, isn't it? We've got the Melbourne Cup just around the corner. They're throwing money around left, right and centre at the call of the card. Unfortunately, I couldn't really participate, but it was a lot of fun watching. What was what was the biggest bet, Gareth? Um, there was a few bets to win a million dollars with the favourite. Now, yeah. Robbie Waterhouse bet $5 and they were coming at him left, right and centre. It was a little bit confusing in the early part because everybody wanted to take that $5. Um, but, yeah, they, 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 the bookmakers had a, had a crack. They took a few big bets, even in the early part of the call of the card, a horse like True Marvel that's around 250 to 1. There were a couple of punters wanting to have 4000 on it to win a million dollars. So, yeah, there was a little bit of money that was invested today, and I think it's only going to get bigger tomorrow because there's a few of the punters just trying to work out what they do with his favourite here in Vorban because some say that he'll just turn up and win. Others say that he might be a little bit vulnerable because of the, the surface there tomorrow because it's been hot and dry here in Melbourne over the last 24 hours and it looks like it's going to be a a hot day and dry day tomorrow. We had Glenn Boss on the program earlier, G, and uh, he was tipping absurd. And I I noticed this morning it was around $12, now $10 or thereabouts. So I assume that got a fair bit of attention. The stablemate of the favourite Vorban. Yeah, he was heavily supported um, today. They just came... Uh, they just came in a big way, Joel, because they all wanted to get on the. They bet $13 at the call of the card. He was 23 last night, and he was quickly into uh, $11 and then $10. So a few of the bigger punters believe that um, that he's definitely worth a punt. He'll enjoy dry conditions, and he's only just recently joined the stable of Willie Mullins. Mm. His first start was at Ascot behind Vorban, and he was pretty good on that occasion. Um, when he finished second, and then he won the e-ball, which has always been a pretty handy form race for the Melbourne Cup, despite no horses winning out that race. Winning from that race has been some really good efforts um, from the e-ball. So he's a stable mate to the favourite, 
and he'll be on pace, and he's definitely worth a, an each-way hope. But I, talking to Willie Mullins, I think Vorban is their number one seed, clearly still. What, what do you uh, like tomorrow, Gareth? I'm pretty I'm pretty boring, Fletch. Yeah. I'm with Vorban. I okay. watched him work at Trackworks last Tuesday, and he worked like a beast. And he worked at Werribee the other day, and he broke 11 seconds for a furlong, which is pretty quick for a stay especially. He's a jumps horse too, like – he was a. He competed against some of the best jumpers in the world at Cheltenham, and their jumps racing and their horses over in the UK and Ireland are, are bigger stars than their their flat horses. And then he was like Willie Mullins and the owner put him away for about two years because they recognised that this is a horse that could definitely win the Melbourne Cup, and because it's a handicap, they decided to put him in cotton wool, and they've produced him lately. Um, so he won that at Royal Ascot that race, and then he won a pretty weak Group Three in in Ireland at his last start, but they only did that. So the handicapper didn't really take too much notice of him. So he'll get in with 55 and a half. He gets the world's best jock and I think he'll win. And I think the big danger is the Caulfield cup champ without a fight. The gate hurts him a little bit, but I think he's an each way hope. Now, um, you know, the, the news that you can wear shorts, um, yes. can you wear shorts tomorrow? Yeah, hundred oh, percent. Please, you know please don't. No, there was one person I saw, um, wearing shorts on Saturday. And it was a little bit disappointing, all this hoo-ha about it, that you have to wear shorts and to, to meet with what the, the younger generation wants to wear at the races. It just backfired a little bit because no one was no one wanted to wear shorts. And I'll tell you what, and this will impress Joel, <laughs> that the most impressive part about Saturday, and there would have been 70-odd thousand there, and I reckon 60,000 were in black and white, maybe yeah. 65. So they understood the tradition. They understood mm. what Derby Day is about. Derby Day is turning up in black and white. And, um, yeah, and there's a lot of, a lot of the, the younger generation there as well, um, which, like, racing has copped a little bit of criticism over the last three to four years. Um, but I think that it was a really good day for the sport on Saturday. AG, often with the call of the card, and I, I love going to the call of the card. You, yeah. You, you hear a lot of people being interviewed. You see the betting and sometimes you leave there with a, a slightly different view as to what you may have turned up with. Is there a horse that you've sort of turned up with and thought, yeah, I actually, I can see that. I like that now. Or, or conversely, now I'm off this horse. It was, it was interesting because a couple of the big punters mate, wanted to back Val and Declare. Now, Val and Declare won the cup four years ago. And since then, he hasn't really been able to win a race, mainly because he's been out handicapped out of, out of races because he's not a weight for age horse, but he won the Melbourne Cup down at the bottom of the weights with Craig Williams riding. But um, lately his form's been really good. He was a massive run in a Mooney Valley Cup when he was off the track. Before that, he was pretty brave behind Alligator Blood and a might and power. So he had some really good support. Um, the other horse that took my notice a little bit, there was some money for right you are this horse was on pace there at Caulfield in the Caulfield Cup and he never really gave up that fight that day um so the money came for him a little bit and a few of the Richmond boys are in a horse by the name of Sulcum who keeps missing kick would you believe he missed the kick six lengths um they wanted to back him at $11 but he's a horse that I think you just got to pray and cross your fingers that at least he doesn't he jumps with them or just jumps a length behind them if he does that he won't be far away with the magic man aboard but I think this year they think that, that there's six or seven horses that can win it and there's a long, long tail to this year's cup. We're taking a lot from you here, G, but here's, here's one that I'll give you here, Brian. The last yes. seven, seven years, every year the first four has included a 20-something, so something right down in the weights. Mm-hmm. And the last seven mm-hmm. years, 
three times the winner has been 20-something. Okay, so we've got more felons, okay. future history, interpretation, and true marvel. And colourful. Of those ones, go. G, which one would you like? If you had to throw one of those or two of those into your first four, just read those out again more for the felons, listener, Bronze. Future history, interpretation, Calipore or true marvel. Tough one. If I probably had two, the two Mar and Eustace runners, future history, they pulled up the other, not pulled up, I shouldn't say that. They, they went down, it went out the back at Mooney Valley in the mm. Mooney Valley Cup. Um, and it ran home strongly. I think it's a horse that'll be on pace on um, tomorrow afternoon. Interpretation. High emotion came out of the Bendigo Cup last year around second or third. It was a big effort. Interpretation was strong there the other day. It was pulled out of the Cup last year, but he's not the worst. And even though I'm backing that true marvel now, he won a Hamilton hurdle, a maiden hurdle, which is in Western Victoria, only six or seven months ago. And it's really hard to believe a horse coming out of a race like that is in our great race, the Melbourne Cup. But when you think about it, he's a horse that dead set needs two mile and beyond. And there's not too many races in this country that allow you to compete over that trip. He was placed in the Sydney Cup last last time. He he can he competed over this this journey. So um, I don't know. Yeah, he could finish fourth, which is highly unlikely. But I I think future here future history could be the play there. Um, yeah, about seventeen eighteen dollars. Don't mind that at all. Uh, Brian, interpretation is the one we backed yes. the other week to qualify for the golden ticket. Yeah. And I think, is it Theo Nugent? Is he on that? Uh, yeah, he, yes. yeah, correct. Mate, he's got a pretty good uh, cup record, Brian. $91. What yeah. about more felons? That's our horse. Yeah, I don't know. Chris no. Waller trained. Show me cars back and form after a double, Brian. Yes, I don't yes. know. Okay. Um, I don't know. You can have that one. Thank you. You can have that one. <laughs> and what about you, Gareth? What's the plan? You'll be a bird. You're, you're a birdcage man, aren't you? You'll be yeah, you know what? I was, I'm, it's a difficult one because I've got to go and do a few things for um, – the sports entertainment network and mm. meet and mingle with a few. Um, so I've got to do the show. We start at what, six o'clock tomorrow morning. So um, we're, we're with, I think 11, 16 and, and giddy up. So we're six to way. I think we're doing the breakfast show um, on SEN track and, and 11, 11, 16. And then I've got um, Jerry Waitley will join me from eight to 10. Mm. And then the boys kick in, I think on the afternoon, the tag star. Um, he's, he's, he's got a lot of head wobble these days. He's, um, he's third party work type of like tags. He's got on social media. He's making people take videos of him. Um, he's, um, just out of control. Yeah, he's, he's hiring people to come up to him at the races to ask for a selfie. You know, in those yeah, type of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, those type of areas. Yeah, paging himself when he goes to clubs yeah. and stuff like that. We know, we know the time. Yeah, like that's how Drake yeah. started. Yeah, Drake started like this. Did he? Must, he, Drake, did he? he must, yeah, he must be reading Drake's book. Double cobra type of work. You know, don't ever take the tags to run. Oh, he's yeah. getting people to yell that out from the side. It's like <laughs> it's getting out of control. Oh, I love um, it. So, um, yeah, so tags will be there with Cam Luke. I think Jared and Wayne Hawks will be there as well. So. It'll be interesting to see how they go. Um, but they did tip the winner last year, Gold Trip. They gave it a good push. Um, so, yeah, hopefully the boys can can continue on their merry way. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a tough day tomorrow. I don't know how this track will play. They tried the water. You know, they watered the, the track, and there's so much wind these days here mm. in Melbourne that the water just – it's difficult to put the water on the track evenly, Brian and Joel. So that yeah. means we could get a bias. Hey, have something, uh, if you win from the Melbourne Cup, Gareth, have something, it's about four o'clock, the little dance, have something on Spangler 
to win that. In the meantime, my favourite moment of the year for the tags, and we're going to have him on the program on Wednesday, was this, oh, yes. was this year. All right, top of the straight. Now, now Macarena's trying to get up to Wishlaw Lass. Barbie's Fox. Come on, Barbie. Come on, Barbie. Hey, Tags. Come on, Barbie. Come on, Barbie. Here we go. Here's Barbie's Fox. I told you, never take the tag to Rock. Late of the day, Wishlaw. Barbie's Fox. It's not past it yet. You duck that. 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 You duck and the noise his headset's been thrown. (laughs) In all seriousness, he's a very popular man. I was blown away, really. Because he carry-ons like a pork chop most of the time, a lot of people are starting to really warm to him and and, and, um, (laughs) egg him on, which has got his ego completely out of control. And Hutchie even started the advertisement campaign with him, never take the tags to Ron. It was in four major newspapers the other day, and he was telling everyone – have a look at the tags. He's made four major papers. And I said, tags, unfortunately, it's a for you to get in those newspapers. <laughs> oh, it's great stuff. Hey, Gareth, how are you spending uh, Cup Eve tonight? What's the plan? Well, I'm going to a Calcutta just at the local water water hole, just yeah. around the corner. Um, so we're always a bit of fun there. And we've got a few of the boys coming down, Mickey Gannon and Dean Watling. I know that they join me. Yeah. They do a little bit of work with you guys. So, um, yeah, we'll head to the to the local pub and we were able to purchase Gold Trip last year, which was nice. Um, and so when you're doing the auctioneering and all that, you can really – the horses that you like, you can quickly brush over. And the horses that you don't like, you can continue to go on for a little while. <laughs> That's right. Hey, what's uh, what's Dean – because Dean's been good to the program as well as yes. Mick. But what, what's Dean like in the cup? Dean Watling is tipping Vorban. Okay. Yeah, he's copying me again, lads. I say, Dan, no, he's just <laughs> like, he always asks for my tip. No, Vorban, I think he's giving without a fight a bit of a push as well. Okay. Um, Mickey Gaddon's with without a fight each way at a, at a good price. Beautiful. Hey, Who yeah. are you with, boys? Uh, look, I'm I'm already on future history, so I don't mind that. Yes. Uh, I was going to back this morning. So I have these sugar files, which I can share with you a little bit later on, G, but it's picked 20 of the last 25 winners and I wanted yep. to back absurd today. It was 12s, but I felt like I was cheating on myself because it doesn't qualify under my criteria. And I know that you and Miles yep. were talking about uh, history and what should you pay attention and what not to. The Sugar yeah. Files will release in about 10 minutes. 20 of the last 25 winners it's picked. And the five times it's missed, Gareth, it has picked three seconds. So, um, yeah, we're gonna... I think you've got to listen to history. I, I think sometimes, yep. like, Gold Trip will take him on 58 and a half. Like, only the champions win with that much weight. So, I agree with you there. Miles can be like, oh, you know, you're just going to back it, back it per whore. Um, just, just respect the race for what it is this year. But history, history's there for a reason. Yeah, I'm not writing Cleveland off either. Do you give that any chance? Yeah, I give him a hope. Um, but I, I thought he had the brakes go his way in the Mooney Valley Cup. I thought mm. Valor and Claire was better than him the other day. And I think he'll be better suited to Flemington. But Chrissy Lees is on fire at the moment. What he goes in the big dance, I don't mind. Okay. Perfect. Run a race. Beautiful. Yep, Sydney tomorrow. Mate, you go well tomorrow. Cool You're an absolute pro. And we appreciate you coming Thanks, on the run with John. Appreciate it. Jeez, I love the show. Very funny voice. You make my day sometimes <laughs> when I'm trying to run around the, you know, there's a, there's a Albert Park Lake here and I listen to you boys laughing. And then in between the break, I think I'm, Maccabi Diva just to get the last <laughs> furlong home just to get through that pain barrier. Yeah. Um, but no, nah, looking forward to tomorrow, boys, and keep on dominating. Good on you, mate. Thank Gareth you, Hall, SEN Track. He's a gun, gun broadcaster, a very important part of the sports entertainment network. He joins the run home with Joel and Fletch. When I'm running around that lake, I'm a bit more fantastic, Brian, than Maccabi Diva yeah. uh, after that 2003 mishap.
one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. You've got to be in the mood for it now, Brian. Sugar files. No, for the cup. I oh, am, yeah, oh. but where's the files? Yeah, they're coming. Hit me for goodness oh, sake. Teasing. Yeah, Sugar, they're you coming. You can't keep teasing. <laughs> I'm just waiting on the captain to tell me when to pull well, the trigger. Well, our listeners here are just saying, when the hell? Yeah. Is the SF coming? Well, in the meantime, <laughs> someone's going to make things look easy with sports bet, and we're talking about Shawnee the Trader. How are you, mate? What's doing, boys? Well, not as good as you, Shawnee. I can hear just the pep in your in your voice. It's your favourite day of the year yeah. tomorrow. How are you feeling? Are you up and about? Man, I am. I, I, I ran into a loyal listener of both this program and get him on side, and I just love it. I've never had the gumption to tell him that he's getting it wrong, but he keeps saying to me, in reference to you, oh, I love the day trader. The day trader, he calls you. Like, and I felt like saying, mate, he doesn't work at the stock market, but he keeps calling it the day trader. Anyway. Mate, I'll take anything. Whatever you want to call me, I'm, I'm happy to go with it. What's happening, day trader, as far as the Melbourne Cup's concerned? Yeah, let's keep it on Melbourne Cup because I can't really think about anything else, a bit like you, Shug. So there's been a couple that are on the on the way out, on the drift. Uh, one of those is Vorban. was about $3.50 or thereabouts yesterday. Now $4.60. Although we did take about an hour ago, we took 20000 at $4.60. So £1 still very keen on it. Uh, the other one going the wrong way is Gold Trip. Um, only last week, I reckon we were betting $4.50. That's now at $7.50 oh. for the two. That they've, yeah, the two that they've come for without a fight. It's got to do a bit against history, though. It's going to do the uh, the Caulfield Cup, Melbourne Cup double, which no horse has done since 01, boys. But it's $6.50. And I reckon that was about eight fifty a couple of days ago. But the one that you mentioned before, Sugar, completely off the map. Ah. Absurd. Now single figures, $9. Oh. Um, I'm just having a look at some of the, uh, yeah, I'm having a look at some of the flux. I reckon we put up 33 to 1. Uh, when we first put in the, the final field market up. Not sure how long that was there for, but we did bet $34. And then today, I was keeping a pretty close eye on the call of the card. Um, they were climbing each over, over, over each other to try and get on this thing at around 13 maybe 12 11 all the way down to $10. And now we're 9 bucks. Oh, so wow. we've all missed the boat there. Um, and it's the, always get a bit uh, a bit worried about the stable, mate. But apparently, you heard Gaz say before, they still think, well, Willie Mullins sort of still give the impression that Vorban's still the, uh, the top pick for them. But uh, we'll wait and see. Exactly right. Neither qualify for the Sugar Files. So that, that's heavyweight, oh, Sean. Heavyweight. Yeah, I've I've had a little peak. Yeah. Uh, I'm one of the lucky ones that's had a little early peak at the Sugar Files as well. I, I don't mind a couple of them. What, you, what do you like the most? Yeah. No, no, you can't. Oh. No side talk. Yeah. You two. <laughs> yes, one more. One more. <laughs> have you had a look, Fletch? Have I haven't had a look. Had a look. I've been waiting Fox? patently. Yeah. And, you know, I don't even have okay. to pad I won't now. give away the secrets. Yeah. It's worth the wait, let me tell you. Okay. It's been, I've been getting emails and texts off people saying, when are they dropping? Yep. I've just had to tell them just to cool their jets and steer them, uh, steer them to run home's way. Yeah. Well, everyone's here. They're up and about here. Give us the SF. Right, I better get into it. Anything else you want to talk about, Shawnee, before I get stuck into the SF? <laughs> nah, mate, it's all yours. You do your thing. Okay. Should we leave Shawnee there and we, he can give us the prices of um, yes. what yeah. we got? Yeah, let me loiter. Oh. I want to loiter in the background. Yeah. Yeah. You, you loiter, Shawnee. Loiter. Okay. <laughs> okay, as we've mentioned... 20 of the 25 last Melbourne Cup winners have fit this criteria, Brian. Yes, and the criteria is hailing from Port Macquarie. Yes. So the exceptions are where we've got it wrong. Uh, viewed one in 2008, a nose to bow who did qualify. In 2017, Rekindling was tackling down the straight with Johannes Vermeer, who came second, who did qualify. In 2018, Cross Counter first up from overseas beats Prince of Aaron, who ran third. In 2021, very elegant... Wipes us out. We went no good that year completely. And the only other failure was last year where Gold Trip 
won it and we had second, third in an emissary and high emotion. What is the criteria, please? The criteria which they must meet is four things. They yep. must have run in Australia in this preparation prior to the Cup. So not first up from overseas. Yep. Tada, absurd. Tada, um, Vorben. It must have won the last handicap race or within two and a half lengths of the winner. Yes. It must be its first Melbourne Cup or within three lengths at the last start. So that wipes out without a fight. Oh, okay. Okay. If carrying 55 and a half kilos or more, it must be proven at 3,000 metres. And this is where we didn't have Gold Trip last year. So Gold Trip bucked that trend last year. So this is where we land for those heavily in the mix. Gold Trip does qualify. Gold Trip on the drift. What's the price, sure. Lurker? $7.50 as we go to air, boys. Cleveland qualifies. Cleveland, we're betting 50 to 1. Oh, yes, please. Military mission qualifiers. Yeah, $26 and very well backed here at Sportsbet as some of the, uh, as, well, as far as some of the roughies are concerned, anyway. Okay, now, as I mentioned, the last seven years, yes. three times a 20 plus has won it. Yes. Every year, a 20 plus is featured in the first four. So think about these ones. More felons. Yeah, that's us. $27. Future history. Uh, future history, uh, the shortest of the bunch, nine to eighteen dollars. As we uh, as we just moved there, interpretation, uh, hundred and all ninety one dollars. Yep, and the final one, Calipor, fifty to one. But breaking news, sugar, we've just put a scratch line through Cleveland. Oh. So one of your four runners is now Gonski. Hence a few of those little firm ups. Hey, you know how happy I'm about that. I'll tell you why. Because when the field was announced, I took a very ordinary price and it's almost doubled. So now I'll get the money back. I'm really happy about that. So you, you put all the 20s in, have you, Sugar? Because they make the criteria. No, no, no. They, they actually just do make the criteria. Oh, regardless of the 20. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So let's go from the top. What are you going to replace Cleveland with? Well, you don't replace it. No? Nothing else? Oh, as far you? as a bet personally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Is it telling me to break my rule and cheat myself with yeah, a, with absurd? Well, you cheated on your London Broncos. Yeah, you can cheat on us. <laughs> if you're cheating on you just Jimmy, feel, if you're cheating on Jimmy, Jimmy, you feel a bit dirty when you're taking rock bottom odds. Now eight dollars fifty after oh, that little scratching there. When you know 50. they've been back thirteen dollars. Nah. It's a sign. Though. Yeah, yeah I can't. No, nah, yeah. I can't. I can't back it there. I'll, I'll have it in the quaddy. Um, I tell mm. you what, I might. You know what? I might just go back to the well on future history and just go right after it. Okay. So going from the top, you got Gold Trip. Okay, sorry. You know what I'll say? <laughs> if more felons, your one does fit the criteria, and it's got form around absurd. So if you like absurd, love absurd, you've got to be considering felons. more felons. Okay, more felons. But I'll be doing a trifecta. Uh, Lukey Murrell says, mate, you've got to chase the first four of trifecta. He reckons it's going to be roughy central this year. Okay, so let's for our listeners, yep. Joel Kane, yep. the Sugar Files for twenty twenty three. The horses that you've picked, go. Okay. Gold trip, military mission, more felons, future history, interpretation, Calipor, I'll be backing. I'm already on future history, and I might use the refund on Cleveland to back, personally, more felons. Jamie Carr, who ran into form on Saturday. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, that was SF and that was JC. There you go. And we've got SO. <laughs> and I'll be with uh, SO tomorrow. <laughs> the day trader. So. <laughs> hey, GT. Thank yeah. you, Shawnee. I'll see you tomorrow, day trader. 
Thanks, boys. Good luck. Can't you wait. Bet, Make it look easier with Sportsbet. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Well, there you go, Sugar. Yeah, actually, I might even... Oh, I want to have no, something no, on Ash no, Run. No, 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 no. Well, Ash Run? Yeah. Anyway. There we go. We're done. So you're going to put together a podcast specific to the Melbourne Cup, which yep. will include Luke Murrell's chat, which is awesome. We're going to have Gareth Hall, the Sugar Files, which includes Shawnee the Trader, the Day Trader. And three-time. And three-time Melbourne Cup winner, Glenn Boss. Mm. He was gutted by that champagne loss, wasn't he? When he what? Almost. You, do you remember that race? No, I don't. I'll show it to you when we finish here. Um, Mitch from Robbo. He's keen. Absurd. He's very, yeah, it's about as... Bigger chance of me is getting a Ronnie tonight. <laughs> Nil by chance. Uh, <laughs> from Robert Cleveland is out. Yes, we know that. The build, oh, this is the reptile. The build-up to the Sugar Files has been that massive. It better be good. Well, yeah. it's going to be good if it salutes. Mm. We didn't even mention, too, like, Sean the Trade was also very keen on the Kiwis. So, well done, Shawnee. Also, well Cole done. Miner had his presenting debut, I think, on the weekend. He was in with... Um, missile for Morris Club. On oh, he was Saturday. too. Yeah. Oh, hosting, hosting. Yeah. yeah I, heard he, I heard he brained it. Wow. Oh, I did <laughs> not know that. Did he now? Kept that one quiet. Wow. So that was the missile. Yep. It was the day trader, <laughs> and it was the alcohol Stare. allergy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Good what, stuff. What a gang that is. What a gang. <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to see that gang do an OB. At the Ivy. Yeah, I'd love to see that too. Have a good Melbourne Cup, folks. The Professor and Soccer in tomorrow. And by the way, have the SEN app on nice and early. Tottenham take on Chelsea, 7 o'clock. Good luck in the Melbourne Cup. They come down 200 metres to go. It's Serpentine in front, but more felons starting come to come on, in. Come Future on, history come moving on, up on the outside. And Gold Trip, the champion, come starting to really dig in. It's more felons in front. Let's and go. Future history wins oh, the Melbourne oh, Cup. Oh, beat it, SF. <laughs>